You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest, stories, and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Today, we have just thought to change a little bit of roles, and uh, I'm going to interview the other host of The Grateful Show, which is Pascu. What are you grateful for today, Mr. Pascu? Well, first and foremost, pleasure to be on this side of the interview. And what am I grateful for today? Mm, Although, because I actually took a few notes. Yes, I'm actually grateful for the health of my grandmother, uh, who's 80, and she's doing very well. Uh, It took me a while to to think about, because uh, I always started writing, like, three things I'm grateful for each morning, and this was one of the three. Uh, and overall, I'm also grateful for my health overall because I'm feeling quite well. So, Things yeah. that everybody should be grateful for, for the people that they have in their lives and that they're healthy and uh, in a good mental state and uh, yeah, for themselves, for their health. And um, yeah, we have just thought to change a little bit the rules and uh, we're going to interview each other in the podcast. I don't know which one is going to go first. And the second, but basically what we have thought is just to interview each other, to share our stories. I know that we have done it again a couple of uh, months, approximately one year ago, but a lot of things have changed in that period of time. So we have just thought that we should just remake them because we weren't as good storytellers back then. We couldn't just share as much as we can right now. So uh, yeah, with that in mind, I'm just going to break the ice and I'm going to ask you to actually just present your your story, how everything started, how was the Little Pascu back then, 10 years, 15 years ago. Right, so uh, going back in time to, let's say when I was about eight, because I don't really remember much from when I was younger. Mm. Uh, but how everything was back then is, uh, as far as I remember it, uh, I was the shortest in the classroom and um, I was an introvert, of course, I was very shy, uh, I wouldn't speak up to, uh, for myself at all, um, I was the only kid in the family, uh, which was an advantage but, but also disadvantage uh, because I was quite spoiled at the time. Uh, a lot of favors were made uh, for me mm-hmm. by my grandmother, by my parents, mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure that I'm having the best life at a time. Um, and yeah, the way I see it now, looking back at it, is um, had a very beautiful childhood with like all the memories. I was going out with friends. I was not spending time on the phone at all. Mm-hmm. I was only spending a couple of hours each week uh, on the computer until I grew up a bit more. Uh, and how I see it revolving is um, very interesting f- for the fact that tended to develop uh, more inside than outside. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is as much as I was 10 years old at a time, I was reading a lot of books 
uh, that my grandmother used to buy me and my mindset was developing at a faster rate than I was developing physically and physically I was short physically I would never look the age I was I would always look at least two to three years younger even more at a time and that obviously concluded to a lot of bullying from other kids that were basically just being kids and would were trying to like obviously get recognition from other kids around and I was usually the subject of a lot of bully uh, they were not aware at the time there was not such thing as bullying as in a word as in a, a definition in a dictionary back then especially in Romania so it was kind of normal for those things to happen for I feel those still things. that and even nowadays there yeah. isn't a definition for yeah. bullying and most probably you haven't realized that you were bullied back then you knew no, that there was something bad happening that that's it isn't it yeah I thought and at a time Honestly, I thought that I was the only one feeling that way. I was always inside my head. I was always just trying to make it back home mm. without getting uh, even beaten sometimes by other kids that were uh, bigger than me. And yeah, I, I always thought it was just me. That was this weird guy that couldn't get out of his head. And uh, yeah, it would probably have helped me back then if I knew that there was this whole thing called bullying that a lot of people, a lot of kids go to. It would probably have helped me at least to uh, give me a bit more perspective on how to approach it because back then I had no idea on how to approach it. And it's basically made me suffer mm -hmm. uh, for a few years until I was uh, a bit bigger, probably. 17, 18, that's when things started to kind of uh, flip uh, over uh, to the positive side. And basically, my whole transformation has obviously started with me reading, uh, but then it uh, further... Everything starts with reading, isn't it? Yeah, it further... But what helped you um, to just go over that bullying period? Because you said that you were bullied and you didn't actually realize that you were bullied what were yeah. the things that you have done to actually help improve your confidence yeah i was not aware uh i was not aware as you said mm -hmm. uh at first and i was just trying to like be the cool kid i was trying to emulate other kids that were cool i was trying to do what they were doing uh without actually realizing that i was going away from my true core mm. from my true authentic self and i done that for quite a few years actually and what has helped me to, I guess, face myself, face my inner shadow, uh, was actually starting to practice sports. Uh, it all started with my father uh, having fights with me almost weekly, telling me that there's no way you can spend 20, 25 hours each weekend playing video games and not doing anything else, mm -hmm. because that's where I got to when I was about 12 to 16, uh, for a period of three to four years, I would just spend the majority of my free time doing video, uh, playing video games with my friends. And the, the, the flip started when I guess I, I started playing basketball, I started playing football, uh, and I was, not, I was not getting integrated with other kids. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is not for me, it will never work. Like a teamwork sport yeah, for never, because you were too let's say introverted yeah, and want to do something alone for my parents you see that it would solve the problem uh but actually it was just worsening it because obviously being short and being introvert and being 
Uh, they I were pulling you there as well. Yeah, I, I guess an outsider. They were never selecting me. Their teams uh, when they were playing, and mm -hmm. I was just that last guy that would get selected, and I would always get neglected by uh, by other kids. And basically, I guess the aha moment was when I uh, when I got into martial arts, which was definitely something I did not want to start. Uh, I just randomly stumbled across this opportunity when when i got into high school i was 15 at the time and a colleague of mine was like hey dude ha have you heard that those guys are doing some martial arts here uh after hours i was like yeah whatever i might try uh we ended up going there once uh there was like a probation period where you wouldn't have to pay anything for like two or three weeks we both went for that amount of time uh, it ended up we were like 10 people testing, trialing it, and it was just me staying there after like a month mm -hmm, or two. Mm -hmm. And it was very tough because, of course, I was still that small kid. Uh, I was still immature. Uh, I was still um, confronting a lot of pain, um, mostly because I was insecure mm -hmm. in my own skin. So it was very, very tough, but at the same time, I have a competitive spirit and I realized that in order to actually be to the level, be to the same level as the other uh, martial arts uh, practitioners that were there in the dojo, I had to basically invest a lot of time in actually developing my technique and everything. And I, I probably saw it as a game, as a challenge at the time, like, hold on, uh, this is very hard. Let's see if I can actually uh, make things better. And it was a period of, about two to three years mm. when I started developing, I started gaining confidence to having proper fights, uh, to martial arts, to actually realizing that it's not really that much about your physical transformation. It's about the mental one. It's it? about the mental one. And we were undergoing a lot of like exercising and uh, strategies that were very tough, kind of intentionally for us to develop our mental discipline. And that's probably the biggest thing that I took away from it. Uh, I'm not going to uh, rant uh, any longer about it, but basically uh, further down the line when I was 19, I decided that I want to leave the country. And going to the UK, uh, I basically left a piece of me here. I had to like leave the dojo, leave everything that I knew about martial arts and basically start a new life there. I tried to integrate uh, there and do the sport for longer, but it didn't really work because the environment was completely different, and I, it just felt right to just stop it. But what, um, going a little bit back, what was the mentality? Why did you actually want to study abroad when you had like a lot of options here in Romania? I know that abroad, obviously, you have more, let's say, opportunities and possibilities to actually learn and get a higher degree of education, but who or what was the reason for you to leave the country because you could have just done like almost all the other kids just stayed here in your own country at the comfort of your own family and uh yeah what was the point of going in uk uh yeah it's a very good question and to give a bit more perspective and context i guess it's worth mentioning the fact that ever since i was young like five six years old my father being a truck driver at the time uh, had the opportunity to basically take me with him mm -hmm. whenever he would go in another country. Mm -hmm. So from five to, I guess, 17, when I was uh, 
a teenager. I used to go with him quite frequently in, in a lot of countries around Europe. And I, I, I guess that has helped me mm -hmm. to develop a cultural mm -hmm. um, perspective, a cultural understanding. Uh, and that has allowed me to basically see differences between Romania and other countries, to basically see differences in mindset, in the way people approach things, in the way people work. So uh, ever since I was young, I, I, I kind of aspired mm -hmm. to go abroad, mainly for the opportunities, but also for the differences that there were at a time. So I guess... Weren't you so afraid or scared? Because I know that until like one, two years ago, when we have just started to see each other and actually go to meetings and actually talk to people and be more responsible, you were and you still are an introverted person, even though now you are like a lot out there and uh, you, I can't say anymore that you are necessarily an introverted person because you act like you would be like an extrovert. But back then, wasn't it like scary for yourself? Just the thought that you would just go and you have to do everything by yourself because not like you didn't know to do the things that like make a person responsible like cook for yourself or make a, or go to a job or anything mm -hmm. like that but the thought that you would just have to do everything by yourself wasn't it scary um right well it's a very good question and Thinking about it now, I would lie if I would say that I actually thought about it all when I took the decision. You just did it and then you were just realized that, okay, I'm here, I have to do it. There's no yeah. other way back. The way I operate and the way I do things is a bit more towards the creative side where I don't really think of the responsibilities and of the repercussions that would happen after taking a decision as much. Uh, back then, I wouldn't really think of them at all. I would just go with it. Mm. Uh, if it sounded right, I would just take the decision, take the opportunity mm. and see what happens. So I guess in that particular moment, it helped me because even though I, had, I hadn't really had much idea of the UK, I hadn't really had much of idea of how it would integrate, of how the language yeah. barrier would be, I really didn't think of that at all. Mm. I would just think about the big picture and yeah. how things would revolve a few years later so that has helped me because i didn't have to stress out at all mm -hmm. but uh, it was also I, I i gotta be honest that after the first period of two to three months where everything was exciting and new i had a point where i was like what the hell am i doing here yeah. uh and that was like around november november so that would be like two three months into actually living alone mm -hmm. and I had a I had a low moment when I was questioning everything and I was like is this really what I want to do but that only lasted for like a couple of days and mm -hmm. then I realized straight away that of course it is hard and it is supposed to be hard and it's just it's just part of the process and I have to accept it because mm -hmm. uh yeah uh, it's all gonna be worth it down the line so to answer your question I wasn't really afraid at all uh probably mostly because I was not taking everything into consideration, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what you said that you actually left and went to the UK for the uni, that was the main reason. And of course, there were like a lot of other reasons, like on the other side, which people don't necessarily think about, like getting more responsible, being more confident, being able to actually take care of yourself in order to actually become a better person. But um, I just wanted to ask you, 
what was the reason why you went to the uni? Like, I know that you have studied media or something like similar, closer to that, but yeah. what was the reason and did it help you at all? Right. Um, to answer the question, basically there were two options for me. First, I was only actually faced with one option and that was to study here mm. in Romania. Uh, at a time, uh, my parents were trying to like kind of plant seeds in my brain that it would be good to follow medicine. And like two years prior to the exam, they were like, you should consider medicine. I was like, there's no way I'm going to consider it. Like, I know it's well paid, but I'm definitely not made mm. for it. I don't have any passion for it whatsoever. So mm. just forget about it. And then there was the other option of actually working for the government, uh, having a secured, safe job after I uh, actually graduate from the police academy. Uh, that was the main reason for which my parents have basically kind of start, kind of try to uh, push me towards that. Mm -hmm. uh, for the security. Yeah, there was a security in like, once you graduate, you're going to have a job for sure. Uh, so that was one of them. And like, obviously the salaries were big. Um, and I had the police academy and going to the UK. Uh, the police academy i only liked for the discipline behind it i i didn't really have any passion mm -hmm. i liked history uh but i really didn't know much of the whole background uh, mm -hmm. of what it actually takes to to get to it i only liked the discipline side mm -hmm. and uh then there was the plan b which was going to the uk which i would like now to say that it wasn't what i actually wanted fully uh back at the time so uh, without going much into detail, basically the police academy ended up not working out, mm -hmm. which was probably one of the best things that has happened to me so far. So, uh, yeah, to, to go to back to your question and answer if university helped me. Why? Hold on. Why, why, why did I choose that specifically? Well, it was probably the thing that I was kind of interested in. There mm -hmm. were a lot of options and this digital media thing kind of sounded like something that I would bear with for three to four years. Mm -hmm. That was the reality of my thought process at the time. Did it help me? Like the actual knowledge and the actual factual theory that I learned inside the degree? No, not at all. Uh, did it help me as in as as an experience, as an opportunity to leave the country and like completely transform my life? Of course it did. Yeah, mm. of course. Uh, but yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. I know that a lot of people are actually just uh, in the middle of searching their meaning, their why, their purpose. And it's mm. very hard because if you don't find that, you are basically just heading like blindly in a direction that nobody mm. knows. And how would you say that people should approach uh, this thing with actually finding what they want to do? I know that's clichéical and like very straightforward. You may just say that you have to actually do a lot of things and try a lot of things, mm. which is what everybody has to do. But like to go a bit more into the detail, like what's the process that somebody has to go through in order to actually find what they want? Yeah, it's a very good question. And hopefully it gives uh, some perspective to our audience. Um, what is the process like? Well, I guess the first thing that one person has to start with is curiosity. curiosity. So basically, what are you curious about and what are you interested in? It could be anything. 
And that curiosity only comes from your own knowledge and mm. from your own expertise and experiences. Therefore, you wouldn't expect someone to be passionate, interested in astronomy mm. or gastrology or something that they have never come across. So if you never studied something, you will definitely have no interest and relevance with that subject mm -hmm. whatsoever. Therefore, in order to have that curiosity in the first place, as you said, you have to try things. Mm -hmm. Trying things doesn't necessarily mean taking a job for two years, taking another job for two or years. Or uni or anything else. Or uni or anything else. Something long-term, isn't it? No, it basically means, in, from my perspective, it means exposing yourself to new stuff, exposing yourself to new ideas and exposing mm -hmm. yourself to uh, things that you're not really aware of. It could be any subject whatsoever, something that intrigues you, something that makes you spend hours and hours and hours on and it feels like time hasn't really passed as much. And if you don't like it, you can just leave it and start something else again. Yeah, your yeah. but I, I think that the problem with trying things and I think that the problem with actually people finding their why is the fact that people actually do not listen to themselves yeah. almost at all in today's society because Everything revolves around money and everything revolves around uh, your recognition into the society. And mm -hmm. your recognition is kind of mostly dictated by your financial situation. Therefore, mm -hmm. when trying to find the why, people are actually going like this. If you're actually watching, uh, I'm basically trying to get a point across that people are blindly looking for their why. They are trying to find their why through salaries. They are trying to find their why through uh, financial freedom, through a lot of things that might necessarily, sorry, a lot of things that could potentially be the end goal of their why. But you can't really manage to reverse engineer that, at least not in the beginning. Therefore, I believe that the fastest and the simplest way into actually discovering one's why is to go into things that feel familiar to them, to go into things that actually make them feel good, to go into things that actually bring joy to them. It could be creating something, it could mm -hmm. be researching, it could be really anything, but you can't really expect yourself to reverse engineer a salary that you potentially could be get, uh, getting into 20 years from now. And yeah, then exactly. actually seeing what does it take to get to that financial situation no i don't think that's a healthy way to look at things because it narrows your your options, options isn't it? yeah and i feel like people are very afraid to actually change because if they are doing something they don't necessarily like it like a job or a mm. passion or something they don't necessarily like it and they want to start something new and they just think that uh, they're going to start again from scratch which is not the case because i came across a quote which was very relevant to what we are talking right now and it's just something like just start something new because this time you're not starting from scratch you're starting from experience even though even though you don't have the experience like necessarily in that specific area you have the whole mindset and the whole like discipline to actually know what you have to do and it's just gonna take you way less time that you would think that it would just uh, take you like to actually implement it in your life mm -hmm. of course that to actually make it is going to take long like okay. anything else in life but uh yeah people are just afraid that they're going to start from from 
crash, which is not necessarily true. So uh, moving a bit fast forward into the future, just wanted to actually, what was the biggest lesson that you took out of 2020? Because we have recorded this uh, podcast, I believe in January 2020 or December 2019. And I know that you have changed like a lot from that point. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, what was the best thing that you took out of it? Yeah, so it's definitely something more recent that <clears throat> I should be able to talk uh, more uh, into depth about. But I guess what I learned so far from this year is the fact that I have to listen more to myself rather than to listen to other people's opinion on what I should do or rather to listen to what other people have done. Uh, I guess to answer the question is I learned to better connect with my true self and actually do things that I truly want to do and have a passion for rather than do things just for the sake of earning a certain amount of money or do things just for the sake of getting recognition from some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, do you think that this whole Corona situation helped you? uh just become the person who you are right now i mean of course that it helped you but would you consider that it would have been beneficial for your development to actually for things to like if the things would have been the way that they were for so long like the society would be normal and it wouldn't be like this uh whole situation with corona um obviously if i if i am to like be very transparent. I would probably prefer for Corona to not happen because it would probably have meant that the, all the changes that I undergone this year wouldn't have happened. And, and I don't mean that by saying that I regret the changes that I've undergone. I just say that it would have probably been uh, a bit more enjoyable to go mm -hmm. through uh, because obviously all adversity and all the kind of bad moments, the low points aren't enjoyable, uh, but are the building blocks mm -hmm. and are what basically make us human. And basically, I guess experience comes through solving problems mm -hmm. and through going through shit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, do I consider that Corona has helped me to build a resilience? Absolutely, yes. Like, I would have probably been much more into my comfort zone without Corona. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say Corona, obviously I mean the whole situation worldwide and what ha what that has that what basically that meant for myself and for my situation. Basically, I had to completely change the way I lived. I had to change countries. Uh, I had to change the. I had to completely change the way I worked. Uh, yeah, it, it basically forced me to like almost change everything about me <laughs> yeah and it's good because like you said there are just some building blocks that yeah. will just not necessarily like add up to who you are some of them add up some of them will replace other which were very old and uh, not in their place and this is how you actually become the best version yeah. of yourself but um we are asking our guests as well this question, and I'm going to ask you 
this question as well. You have asked me this question. What are the things that you would be remembered for? What are the things that I will be remembered or? or who or what do you want to be remembered for? Or what I want to be remembered for. Um, or if you want to be remembered for something. I guess me as a person, I wouldn't really care to be remembered uh, because we are all mortal. And to be honest, I don't think that me as a person would ever have much impact on the world. Uh, but what I want to be remembered for me are the actions and the beliefs and the attitudes that I present into the world and the things that I create and the things that I share as in like insights, knowledge, perspectives. So those are the things that I would like to leave behind. Uh, and I see that mainly because I don't want for people to worship me or like think of me as one of those special guys that has made something no i would rather prefer for people to actually see what i've created to see my point of views and my beliefs and my perspectives take those on board and actually make something even better for themselves and for the civilizations to come so basically i just want to see myself as a useful piece of a big puzzle <laughs> like an example that yeah. they can take to actually become yeah with that in mind yeah, i really appreciate your answer and I know that this answer doesn't come from a selfish point of view and uh it's in the like you don't think for yourself you mostly think for other people and how you can actually help them it doesn't necessarily mean that you would be recognized as somebody or someone you would just leave your footprint here in this world and uh just wanted to change a little bit of subject and ask you because, again, we are asking this question. Um, we are asking the, our guest this question. And uh, I know that you have been through a lot and you accept and you actually love the person who you are right now. But what would you change about yourself in the present moment? It's probably one of the toughest questions. And I'm not saying that just now. I've seen that preach interview that yeah. we had with our guests. And I believe it's a tough question before answering, mainly because it makes you think and it makes you actually think whether you are aware of your flaws or not. It makes you like become vulnerable, vulnerable to yourself. Yes, that as well. And basically, I truly believe, firstly, that if I was to say that I don't want to change anything, I would either lie or I wouldn't have the necessary awareness to actually recognize the things that have to be improved or change on myself. Uh, therefore, to uh, give you like an honest answer currently, because I can't really think of like a future me, currently what I feel like I'm lacking um, is probably more clarity on what I really want to do, because currently I am putting my my footprint on a few things and on a few projects but i guess i don't really know exactly what i truly want to resonate with and i think that is fine mainly because for for the time being i i don't think that i should do just one thing mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time i feel like 
I really have to decide what I, what it is really that I want to keep doing. It's just like we have spoke like about 20 minutes ago, someone's purpose and how they can actually find it. You know that you like what you're doing right now and yeah. you are passionate about it, but you don't feel like the thing that you are doing right now is a thing that you would necessarily want to be remembered for or do yeah. in the future. And you know that this is just the process yeah. and you are open-minded enough to understand that this is just the process of you just like getting experience or being exposed to the things that you would actually want to do in the future because you have mm -hmm. to do and do something in order to understand that you, there is something more out there mm -hmm. for yourself and it's a good thing that you are aware of this stuff and uh yeah with this i just wanted to actually ask you what is the thing that keeps you up at night is there anything like of course Maybe there is caffeine or stuff basic, <laughs> <laughs> which we know that we are both addicted to. But is there something a bit more purposeful and meaningful that keeps you up at night? Uh, what literally keeps me up all, all, at night can only be the moon when it's full. It feels <laughs> like whenever the moon is full, I struggle to fall asleep and it takes me 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, but metaphorically speaking, what has been on my mind lately is probably what can I actually improve? Where am I lacking? What do I need to change in order to actually become the person that I aspire to be? Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly thinking right before falling asleep whenever i don't do anything specifically i'm constantly thinking what are my mistakes what am i not doing correctly what can i improve on um, how could i react in a better way uh, how can i improve my productivity how can i improve my sleep so i'm basically trying to like improve my life mm. and that's the best thing because all we have to do and be focusing on is just to improve ourselves in all the areas mentally physically relationship-wise and uh, just expand your bigger, higher self. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I feel like you have just shared a lot of value with our, our guests and, um, and I'm more than sure that you have just helped our audience just to uh, broaden the knowledge about yourself and about what you do and about what you are trying to do and what are the reasons that you are doing the podcast and everything that you are, are doing. And just wanted to actually ask you, the last question that we ask uh, all our guests and uh, you know the question but i'm gonna repeat it for the people who are listening for the first time um so basically you are on your deathbed you know that you're about to die and then suddenly right next to you just comes the best version of yourself the person that you could have been you see and understand that person and what you could have become how would you feel about yourself, what you have done so far, and how would you feel about the things that you could have done but you didn't? Well, um, going a bit on the esoteric route, I guess if that thing would really happen, I would probably be excited that it has happened and there is actually a better version of myself. I would probably be excited, but at the same time, I would feel a lot of regret if that version of myself has actually proved me that there were areas and there were moments in time and decisions that I could have taken better 
or improved on better. Uh, so the only thing that I would regret in that moment would actually be not taking chances and not expanding on what I truly resonate with. Uh, currently, I don't think there's any regrets or things that I would be sad about or um, not a knowledge about myself mm. and my journey so far. And I want to keep it that way as much as possible throughout my life. But I guess it's inevitable that if that would happen, there would always, and we talked about this on the podcast and I'll keep re reiterating it, there will always be things that you could have improved. There mm -hmm. will always be things that you could have done a little bit better. And I think that as much as the question opens up perspectives, I think that it's mostly a question that we have to ask ourselves throughout our life mm -hmm. rather than at the end of our life. Because mm -hmm. by putting this question in perspective throughout our life, uh, during days, during weeks of our life, we actually reiterate ourselves what truly matters and the fact that no matter what we do and what decisions we take, time will pass and we will come to an end where we will have to actually either regret or appreciate the things that we've done. Therefore, if you still are here and listening to this podcast and doing things as you do them as humans, you still have time and don't waste it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what age you are, you still have time. And uh, you've heard him, guys. I mean... There's no point actually just telling you that you are an amazing person and I'm very happy to actually hear the answers that I kind of already know and I already know who you are, but I'm very happy that you could actually share this with our audience as well and just wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for being the host and now the guest to our show and I know that we will accomplish big things uh, on the podcast and if you are listening right now, uh, guys, uh, just uh, keep in mind that we have uh, we have big plans to actually bring better guests and to bring people that actually can help you more in whatever you want to do in your life. And uh, with that in mind, thank you so much for listening. And if you are listening to this on Spotify or, I don't know, anywhere else, just make sure that you share it with your friends. Just uh, let them know what you're struggling with or let us know what you're struggling with. Or if you're listening on iTunes, just leave it up. Leave us a five-star review. It's actually going to help us a lot. Just uh, help more people like yourself get better in all the areas in their life. And uh, yeah, with that being said, thank you so much for listening. This is Bogdan. This is Pascal. Thank you very much for interviewing me and thank you to the audience for listening so far to the podcast. Until next time, stay great.